Welcome to the Wild and Well podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hilary Clare, a clinical psychologist, holistic parenting mentor with a focus on nutrition and environmental medicine, a yogi, author, and mom of two wild boys. Here, we will delve into the big and the little things that move the needle for children's health and mental wellness in a modern world that doesn't always make it easy to do so. Together, we can nurture resilient kids, vibrant mothers, and a brighter future for the planet and the next generation. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Wild and Well podcast. In today's conversation, I am talking to Laura Ben, who is a commercial photographer, and we are talking all about how we can use photography to grow, to change our mindset, to embrace the messy moments of motherhood, and how we can improve our own self-image and our own confidence in ourselves using photography. It's a fascinating chat. And I know photography isn't a topic that you might initially think would come up on a podcast that is all about motherhood and parenting and health and how to help our kids to have the most wild and free childhood. But it does fit really well. And I know by the end of the chat, I know even partway through the chat, you'll recognize that because there's so much we can learn through photography. And it is, it's just an amazing medium for us to capture those moments of motherhood, of our kids' lives. After having this chat with Laura, I booked in a session with her to capture some family photos, because this is something I hadn't done in a couple of years. And I was just so keen to have those photos captured and be in them with my kids and be having fun. And it was amazing. We had a great time a few weeks later when we did the photos. And I bet that after listening to this, you're going to be motivated as well to take out your phone and be in your photos with your kids more or book in a session with someone like Laura, a professional photographer as well, to capture the age and stage that your kids are at and be in those photos with them. So before we get into the chat, just a little bit about Laura. She is a photographer. Like I said, she's a brand strategist and she is a writer. She has founded her studio, which is called Gooseberry Studios back in 2013. And her focus is on helping entrepreneurs find confidence on camera for them to build beloved brands and establish their own creative everyday way of work and life. She's a huge advocate for creative living. And that comes across through the work that she does in photography in this chat as well and in everything that she does. So I think you're going to love this chat with Laura. And please let me know if it does inspire you to get in the photos with your kids or book that photo shoot like I did. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am talking to Laura Ben from Gooseberry Studios. Thank you, Laura, for coming on here to talk to us about how moms can become more confident on camera and how we can use photography to shift how we see ourselves, our families, and our lives. 
Thank you so much for having me. This is a topic I'm very, very passionate about, so I'm excited to get into it with you. And before we begin, I would, I'm wondering if there's something that you've done this morning that has been to take care of yourself or to nourish yourself in, in any way. What's one thing that you've done already? Um, okay, I love that. Um, something that I've done already this morning and something I do most days is take my two, uh, dogs, my two fur monsters out for a 20, 30 minute walk, just like a leisurely sort of puttering around the neighborhood sort of walk. It's, it is for them. They need to, you know, go out first thing in the morning, but I find this little ritual also just helps me sort of take in my surroundings and get some fresh air and some sunshine before, my day starts, which tends to be um, quite consumed with screens, as most of our modern day work life is. And um, yeah, it's just something that really, I think, sets me up for a really lovely day. I can notice the days where it's like terrible weather or something and I haven't done the walk. So that's something I've done this morning. Yeah, that sounds like a great way to start the day for you and for the dogs, for everybody. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Yes, absolutely. So uh, as you already mentioned, I am the owner of Goodsbury Studios. This is a commercial photography and brand strategy studio um, located in Toronto, Canada. I opened this space in 2013 with the core intention of helping entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs, sorry, um, build beloved brands and then fuel their own creative everyday way of life. And what that sort of means is just helping people build their ideas forward meaningfully so they can support themselves through their own creativity and then sort of feed that creativity into their personal lives as well so that they feel very satisfied and fulfilled in a lot of what they do. So we do a lot of photography and photo shoots um, for professional purposes and then personal moments like family photography, which is what we'll get into today. And then we do a lot of brand strategy work, um, which is helping people make sense of their ideas and build a brand that doesn't just look beautiful, but also acts beautifully to really bring all of their mission and purpose and vision and drive together in a harmonious way. I love that. And for full disclosure, I have worked with Laura on a number of things through branding, through photography, editing of my books, and I've just loved every moment of it. Oh, thank you. And, and likewise, I feel like I've learned so much from you and from um, the projects that we've done over the years. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a really good collaboration, I think. Definitely. So can photography change the way that we see ourselves or we, how we see our kids and the relationship that we have with them? And if so, how does it do this or how do we do this? So I'm biased, of course, because I am a full-time photographer. But I think the answer is a resounding yes. And I think a great way to think of this is photography really commands perspective. And what I mean by that is it helps you to see yourself, how other people see you, but also in ways that you perhaps regard your own inner world, but haven't necessarily fully expressed or you don't think you're fully expressing. Um, there's this really great YouTube video. This is a random tangent, but there's a really great YouTube video called A Normal Day by Story of This Life. And essentially what happens in it is there's a mother and a toddler, and I think she's got a baby as well. And they just follow her throughout her day from the mom's point of view. So she's, you know, rushing the kids out um, of the house to get ready for their day. She's, you know, 
wrestling with the car seats. It's not going as smoothly as she'd like. They're in the grocery store. Little hands are grabbing things off of shelves and she's you know, trying to hardly put them back. They get home and they're having this like cake or brownies or something as a snack. And then inevitably the plate falls on the floor and it all gets squished. And she just sort of, you can see on her face that nothing is going the way she had hoped it was going to go. And she's feeling stressed and frazzled. And then this video cuts to um, her partner comes home and he's tucking the toddler in, you know, for night and asking her about her day. And the toddler is saying, oh my gosh, you know, we, we play this really fun game and like we had to like run out of the house really fast and mommy gave us a big kiss when she put us into our car seats and we got to touch all the sparkly wrappers in the grocery store and the cake, the cake went on the floor and we got to touch all the icing with our hands and squish our hands into it. And what I love about this piece is that it really just communicates very clearly that the same thing can happen and two people can experience it completely differently. And that's what I think photography does as well. It's about helping people see and interpret something that happens to them in different ways. So I think when it comes to photographing mothers and their children, for example, what the, some people, what the adult might see is, oh my gosh, the little ones rolling around on the grass and getting grass stains on their pants and you know dirt on their faces and making silly faces. Well, that might feel stressful from that perspective. From the child's perspective, they're having so much fun and they're like laughing because they're making, you know, they're, they think they're being funny for their parent and all that kind of stuff. So I think photography just helps connect those two perspectives in a single frame in a way so that you can see both things unfolding before you because both things are happening at the same time. And what's really funny is when you hand over your photo collection or to the client, you know, to the parents and they start seeing and experiencing that um, phenomenon for themselves, I think it just comes more and more to light that, oh, I might've felt like very, you know, stressed and maybe that I was being no fun, but to my child, I was being, you know, goofy and silly as well. And I think there's something really beautiful in that and um, really profound. It can really help, I think, give people a different interpretation of maybe their day-to-day -day life, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was just drawing on my own experience when you were talking through that. And what what came to me were three different moments. One was where the kids were being quiet and when they're quiet, messes are happening. And I walked into <laughs> the room and they were slathering this neon green paint all up their arms. They were sitting on the table. Everything was green, but it's one of my favorite photos. And some of my other favorite photos are ones where we're doing a photo shoot and it started pouring rain and we thought, oh, this isn't going to plan. We might as well just not do it. But we just took a few photos and they're just, we're just having so much fun and it's so real. And it captured a moment, even though initially in that moment, I was thinking this is almost, um, it's not working or this is like a failure. Or when the kids are out like playing in the mud and they're just covered and it's such a disaster. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, like this is going to take so long to clean up. But the photos just show the best childhood ever like it's just yeah. so I, I see what you're saying here that the photos really do they give more than one perspective and they open up your perspective as a mother don't they yes absolutely and something I say on repeat almost at nauseum to my clients specifically when we're talking about like lifestyle and family moment photography is that it's 
it's not, it's not about how the photo looks, it's about how the photo feels. So you can take the most exquisite, technically perfect, everyone's in formal pressed clothing, you know, all the faces are on the camera, everyone's smiling picture. But if that felt very stressful in the moment to put together, that's what specifically the children will take, they'll look back on that photo as a grown up and be like, oh my gosh, remember that day when like mom and dad were being, you know, outrageous or our parents were just, you know, you know, being very, very meticulous about everything. Whereas the photos where, you know, for instance, with your kids and, you know, the paint everyone stuff, they'll look back on that and be like, oh my gosh, do you remember how much fun that was? So I think it's really important to pack into your framing in a photo session, be that with a professional or, you know, just with your own um, phone camera to focus on the fun. It's not about making it this flawless, you know, thing to look at. It's about making it this really gorgeous experience that felt so fun and good to sink into. Yeah. So we want to move away from thinking that photos have to be that picture perfect and that we have to look perfect in them. Are you, is that right? I mean, personally, I think so. It's um, There's a lot of pressure put on aesthetic, you know, your personal aesthetic. How do you look specifically as women too? It's something that I think a lot of us wrestle with and struggle with. Um, but looking when you look back on photos, you know, when you're much older and you look back, yes, you're probably going to have those those thoughts of, oh my gosh, look how young my skin was and my hair was so full and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But more so you're going to want the moment that was happening back, which you can't get back, of course, because time is time. But the photo will help you sort of freeze that moment and really... Um, remember it. Another thing I really like to say is um, don't take the photos because you're necessarily afraid of forgetting. Take the photos because you want to remember. And it's semantics perhaps, but I find it's a really lovely mindset shift. So it takes, again, just a further layer off of having your photo taken, especially with young kids. It's not necessarily, oh, I need to take this because they're three years old and I'll forget what they're like at three years old. Look at it more as like, I want to remember them at three years old forever and always. So, okay, they don't want to wear shoes today. Okay, the hair is all over the place. Okay, it's raining or again, they've got, you know, they're covered in, you know, the paint or the crayons or whatever, but you want to remember versus, oh, I'm afraid of forgetting. And I think that perspective also just helps to make it feel more achievable and a lot less like a pressure cooker. Yeah, I love that. And I think mindset shifts like that can be really important. Semantics may seem unnecessary to focus on, but they can make a big difference. And I use that in therapy that I do. Like For instance, just saying, if somebody comes in and says, I am depressed, I help them frame it that I am feeling depressed or a part of me is experiencing depression. And that's semantics, right? We're just changing some words here. But it is really important. So I can see that in photography as well. Yeah. And it's those little things that in my experience anyway, make the biggest change, you know, it's just because it's a small thing you can activate, you know, at a moment's notice, if you really focus and are intentional with it, and then it has ripple effects and it'll, you know, if, if you are as the parent are more relaxed and more open to whatever happens, happens, let's go specifically in a photo session, your family's going to be more relaxed. Your kids are going to be more relaxed. They're going to be more, 
I don't want to say well-behaved, it's just more, more cooperative, more enthusiastic. And then as a result, the moments that we capture end up feeling more natural or organic and candid. It, it's just win, 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 right? So anything you can do to sort of relieve, relieve any of that pressure, whether it's externally put on you or self-imposed, I think is really helpful. So the little things, definitely magical. Yeah. And are there other things that we can do to be more relaxed if we're getting our photos taken or if we're taking the photos? Is there anything that moms can do to just be a bit more comfortable in their photos? I think so. I mean, I think there's there's honestly countless things you could do. But if I were to maybe pull out, say, two or three key things to focus on, I think a really important first step is to just accept that it's going to feel uncomfortable if having your photo taken doesn't feel like oh my gosh yay it's such an exciting thing right away just kind of accept that it's something new and it's something that you're perhaps going to have to allow yourself to get used to um, it's kind of just like we might feel awkward trying something new or trying to get back into something we used to do like running or a dance class or oh, we used to swim all the time in high school but we haven't been in a pool in 10 years or whatever we need to know that going into something new and fresh, we're not necessarily going to feel excellent about it right away. We'll warm up to it. And once we start doing it more and more and more, we'll kind of naturally fall into it, become more of a rhythm versus this thing that we have to overcome every single time. Um, another thing I really like to recommend to clients is, and this is gonna sound a little bit wacky, but I do find it really helps. If you don't like having your photo taken, which again is something, and I'm not immune to this. I mean, I think it's something that happens to the majority of adults. Um, even though you really try, you'll sometimes see a photo back of yourself and have this like this like really tense reaction. So something that I find really helps to just break that down is to spend some time looking at yourself, like really looking at yourself. And this can be just five minutes looking at yourself in a mirror, studying your face, making all sorts of different facial expressions, all sorts of different angles. If you're feeling very, very brave, you can do this in front of a full body mirror and you could be, you know, totally in, in the buff and just really look at your body and take it in because there's something to be said for replacing the images that we carry around in our brain, which is usually fed to us from, you know, mainstream media and, you know, all these sort of shiny glossy Hollywood images or whatever there's something to be said for replacing those images with images that are true to you and that are actually what you look like um, and from all these different angles because again if you're stressing about having your picture taken and you want it to be quote-unquote perfect that implies that it's going to be this one angle from this one perspective from this one you know direction all the time when you're actually a 360 degree being you're moving through the world and people are seeing you in all these different ways all all the time so okay this sounds weird but let me break it down a little further so an example from myself is um i used to really slip into thinking that i looked like anne hathaway and so i carried that assumption around in my head all the time i kind of had i love the devil wears prada i was like oh my gosh i'm like andy just like running around new york in my you know brightly colored coat and whatever so then when i would see a reflection of myself in like a window or a car or whatever i would be shocked because of course i i'm not in halfway i look nothing like her it's not true at all so then my inner dialogue would switch over into like oh my gosh i look awful today like what is happening and this and this and this and this but none of that's true what what, what's true is that the expectations of myself aren't actually true to who I actually am. So the sensation is kind of like 
you know, if you're handed a glass and you thought it was apple juice and you take a big giant gulp and you're all excited for it only to realize it's white wine, you're not necessarily not liking white wine. You don't think white wine's bad. It's just you were expecting something else and you were really caught off guard. And so this, I think, kind of happens with us in a visual sense too. If you spend some time then really looking at yourself, that can be empowering because you teach your eyes to be kind to what you're seeing. And then it helps to also reduce the power that these expectations we've absorbed from media and magazines and whatever to reduce the power that those things hold over us. So I think that would be my second recommendation. And then a third thing, which is much simpler to do, because believe me, I understand unpacking that inner dialogue and how you're seeing yourself to yourself, it can take a while, it is a process. But the third thing you can do, and you can start this immediately, and it can make a really, really big difference, is finding your style, finding something that's very signature to you. And I'm talking specifically clothing and wardrobe here, something that you feel great wearing, something that makes you feel like a million dollars. You don't have to go on a giant shopping spree for this. Absolutely not. It's rather about choosing a few pieces that you feel just incredible in. You don't have to worry if it's like, oh, this is too fancy a dress. I shouldn't be photographed in in it. Or, oh, these are, I don't know, ripped jeans. They're not fancy enough to be photographed in. That's, again, another expectation seeping in. It doesn't matter what it is. You could show up in, you know, a bright head to toe, bright pink jumpsuit. You know, it doesn't matter as long as you feel incredible in it. And when you choose clothing that makes you feel incredible, that often helps to alleviate some of the stress as well. Um, and it is a little bit of an investment choosing pieces and finding clothing that you are excited about. Nothing, unfortunately, as a woman, I find anyway, tends to fit beautifully right off the rack. Maybe you need to treat yourself and have a tailor, maybe just take in a few pieces here and there so that it feels like a glove. But then every time you wear this sort of quote unquote power outfit, it can be a flowy dress. It can be just, you know, favorite t-shirt. It can be, you know, an old hoodie. It doesn't really matter what it is. But putting that on almost becomes like almost like a little bit of a suit of armor so that you can go and face the camera and not feel so intimidated, intimidated by it. So I would say those three things would be um, good starting points if you feel very, very uncomfortable and panicked about having having your picture taken. And it's something you want to step into more and, and explore doing. Well, I'm going to take you up on this challenge of looking in the mirror in the buff and doing all sorts of different poses and facial expressions to just really get used to seeing myself. But I can see a resemblance with Anne Hathaway. I never thought of it before. Yeah. But now like looking You're at very me, kind. You're I very see kind. A different hairstyle, maybe, but <laughs> so you talked there about expectations, and I find expectations are just the root of so many problems and I'd never thought about them when it came to photography but that makes so much sense with how you're explaining it so that's one of the issues I guess that make women maybe feel self-conscious about being photographed but like when I think back to my childhood my mom didn't love having her photo taken she'd always say like oh no like like don't take it or even now she'll say oh don't don't put that up and She's self-conscious about it. And I noticed that I've been doing that too. And I don't want to because I love having photos of myself and especially with my kids. And it's so special to have those photos of them at like different ages and stages with me there as well. 
Like it's, I love those photos because it's us together experiencing life. And like, why is it so common that women just don't want to be in photos? And it's, I don't think it's that we don't want to be, but yeah, that we don't feel comfortable. Like these are such great things that you told us here that we can do to feel more comfortable. But why do we feel this way? Like, I don't think my husband feels this way. No, I, I, and I know. And it's honestly, that's such a mat. It's such a massive question. And honestly, it, it's one I could talk about till the end of time, I think, because I think, unfortunately, there's so many reasons for it. And that thing you just said about, you know, your mom sort of shying away from the camera and you remember that from being a little girl growing up. I definitely had that too, you know, and I think we see that a lot and it's not just women of their generation. We see it so much in women of our generation, you know, women in their 30s. We see it also now in the generations coming up behind us because filters are everywhere. And, you know, there's that sort of murky, me- it's not even murky. There's that message out there that like you have to use a filter because you're not good enough to show up as you are. That's sort of the implication of using these things. Yes, they can be used for fun and just like a bit of nonsense. Absolutely. But if it taps into that sort of, um, vulnerability and that sort of um, insecurity, then I think you get into something really toxic and something quite dangerous. So I think ultimately the answer is society. This is why so many of us feel, and that sounds like such a blanket sort of, you know, cheated answer in a way, but I really do think that it comes down to like society because as women specifically, and men definitely, you know, have this as a struggle as well, but women specifically, we're fed this belief that our power lies in our looks and that that's the most important thing to us. And there's always this ongoing conversation about about beauty standards. What is beautiful? This is beautiful. That's not beautiful. This is what you should aspire to be for beauty. It all comes back to this conversation about beauty, which then again is looks and aesthetic, right? So it's hard then to, if you're not necessarily seeing yourself reflected back in again, this like stream of mainstream images, It's hard then to trust yourself to go out and feel like I am worthy to go and have my picture taken. I deserve to have my picture taken. The other thing too that we struggle with as women, not struggle with, sorry, we have to endure as women is that honestly, we're constantly marketed to as if we're an ongoing renovation. Do you know what I mean? Everything needs to be fixed. You know, you need this cream to fix those wrinkles. You need this serum to fix those dark circles. Dye your hair because you need to fix that gray. You know, that's what we're constantly constantly pushed toward and we've been pushed towards that since we were teeny tiny children right and so even if you think no that doesn't affect me I'm aware of it that doesn't get in it's so insidious it creeps in and it creeps in in places that you probably aren't even aware of so then again it springs up as like insecurity when it's time to stand in front of camera and be like oh my gosh I'm here to sort of just mark this moment of time in in my life so I think it's just this really big, complex, toxic thing that that we're constantly aware of and we're constantly wrestling with, but we don't quite know how to fully unpack and untangle it. I don't think there's enough in this world of just accepting as is beauty because we fall into these mindset traps of what giant marketing machines are bombarding us with, telling us over and over, you need this, you've got to be this, why aren't you like X, Y, and Z, right? And I think part of that, maybe it leads into, or it's maybe, I don't know, some sort of strange parallel, but 
I think sometimes in addition to all of that, we fall into this thinking and this belief that a photo has to say everything about us at once. And that pressure is unreal because that pressure, like that cannot be a thing. One photo is just like a split second in time. And as women specifically, as people, as human beings, we are multifaceted. We are, we have layers and layers of depth to us. We're again, these 360 degree creatures that move and bob around the world. So expecting a photo to sort of say everything about you at the same time makes it feel then like this giant impossible homework task. And then it's not fun instead of just being like, I'm going to go and have my picture taken today. And yeah, I'm feeling a bit tired. And yeah, I'm feeling a little bit, you know, maybe not camera ready, quote unquote, whatever that means, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to show up for the photo anyway, because this is my moment in time. It's a moment in time of my life. And my life is going to have many different moments. Let's see if we can capture a bunch of them. Because again, you're going to perhaps not, like you're going to want to remember them maybe more so than you realize right now. So that is a very long rant. I'm sorry. As I say, I could talk about it for ages, but I think it's the insecurity piece is just, we all deal with it. It's all embedded in us. And it's something that I think you can overcome, but it, it just has to start with baby steps, you know, especially if you're wanting to show up in your photos more, sorry, my dog shaking, show up in your photos more and have more family memories captured on film. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. I think you're right that it does come back to society and what we're told as women. And But I love those strategies that you talked about before that we can put into place on an individual level to move past those and have realistic expectations of who we are and embrace that when we go into these moments and recognize that it is just capturing today and that's enough. It doesn't have to be capturing everything. Exactly. And I wonder if you've ever wondered this also, but going back to the piece about, you know, our mothers and women of that generation shying away from the camera, would we have developed differently? And this is not to shame them or put any you know expectation on them, but would we have developed differently if when the camera came out and it was like, oh, a snap on Christmas morning or a snap at, you know, the family barbecue, if that shyness of ducking out of the frame of saying, oh, I need to lose 10 pounds or I need to do this or my hair is not good enough. If that hadn't happened, would we have felt more comfortable as young women coming up to feel like we deserve to be documented and take up space? And here we are, and this is our moment in our personal history. I kind of always wonder about that. So, you know, I have, I don't have children of my own, but I have many little ones in my life and orbiting my life. And I try really hard. So when, you know, when I'm not behind the camera, which for sure is my happy place, but when I'm not behind the camera and someone's putting the camera on me, I try really hard if kids are around not have that cringe, like, you know, hide, duck and hide and run away moment because they're watching and they absorb like sponges. And I want to be like, it's just a picture go, you know, like you can have, it doesn't matter. And if you don't like the, this is the beautiful thing about photography. If you don't like the picture, let's say you just don't like it. It's not, you're not feeling it and you will just never like it. You just stick it in a drawer. Like you don't have to, or on a hard drive, you don't really have to look at it, you know? So I think, um, being mindful of how we act, especially with little ones around when it comes to, you know, just being in family photos and just being in photos of memories. I'm wondering if that will have an impact down the road. I don't know if it will, but part of me doesn't think it can hurt, you know? Yeah. And I think what we do, our kids notice, we are their biggest role models, especially when they're little, they notice 
everything that we do. And so I think it does have an impact. I think one thing growing up, it was just on a practical level too, that my mom was the one who would take the pictures. So she often wasn't in them. So, and I noticed that happening for myself too. So what do we do? Like we have endless pictures of our kids on our phones or our cameras, but how do we get ourselves in these photos with our kids? Because I try to take selfies, but they always just end up being like me sitting on the couch with my kids and not capturing all the other really fun things that we do. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great point too, because, and that is a thing that's a documented thing where typically speaking, mothers are the, the person in the family unit who takes the majority of the family pictures. And then as exactly as you're saying, when she's behind the camera, she can't be in front of the camera. So then it becomes this like strange catch 22 situation, right? Um, one of the easiest places to start with that is to ask your partner, or if you don't have a partner, ask a friend or a family member to take photos of you while you're playing with your kids so that you can stay in the moment and then you can have that moment with your children captured. Um, and it again, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a planned, oh my gosh, now we're having a photo shoot with our phones today. It can be if you're picking up your kids from, let's say, the babysitter you know, and um, if if it's not an imposition, just be like, oh, would you mind just, I'm just going to like chase them around the yard or have a big hug and a squish. Could you just snap a few photos of my phone? Just throw them the phone. Everybody knows how to like click the phone camera, which is nice. We're not dealing with like a big beefy DSLR, which needs some technical expertise to operate. Um, and then it's just, again, those split moments that maybe you start collecting. Um, you can also ask a stranger if, again, if you're comfortable while you're out and about, let's say you're at the park with your kids and you're just, you know, having a bit of time and there's all sorts of other parents there who are also just having a time with their children. Just ask one of them. Chances are you're likely chatting and just having some small talk anyway. And just be, oh, would you mind just grabbing a couple of photos while I push, you know, little Bobby on the swing or whatever? I think that that goes a long way because it's just little snippets of your everyday life, which are the things that you're going to want to to remember. Um, another thing you can do is set up a timer on your phone. All the phones have these now. So pop your phone up on a tripod, make sure it's it's vertical, like 90 degrees, um, just so you don't have like a weird curve or anything happening in the image. Um, if you don't have a tripod, you can just set it on a level surface, like a stack of books, a counter blocked up against something, anything like that. Um, and then again, you maybe have to run back and forth a little bit with the timer, but you know, scoop up your kid and run, run in front of it and then let the timer go off. And then you just have a silly photo. You don't have to be looking at the camera to like smile at it and have your face straight on. It can just be a moment. Um, another incredible feature that a lot of these new phones have, actually, even my phone has it. My phone is like coming up on being almost a decade old, um, is they have a voice command prompt in the camera function. So for example, my phone, if I have this voice command turned on in the settings, if I say cheese, it'll take a picture. So I don't have to be pushing a button. So if you can set that up, again, figure out like where the camera is looking, what the framing is, set it up with this voice command on, and then go and sit on the floor in front of it and like have your kids, make it a game, have your kids, you know, have to come and try to push you over or come and tickle you or something. And then just take turns yelling one, two, three, cheese, 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 like over and over again, or whatever the voice can command is. And then again, you can kind of get these like, it's like um, an interval timer almost. You get all these little snapshots and then you just go through, scroll, pick your favorites and delete the ones that perhaps, you know, aren't your favorites. Um, and then of course you could always, if none of those are feeling very achievable or just too much work or anything like that, you can always book a session with 
a professional photographer like myself, and this is not an upsell, I swear, um, I do understand fully that booking a professional photographer, it can be a big investment. It's a, it, that can then add pressure in a different way, right? But a lot of photographers do offer mini sessions. Here at Gooseberry Studios, I offer mini sessions three or four times a year. And these are very short and sweet. They're like 30 minutes long. You get 15 to 20 final images. They're offered at a discount, discounted rate. And then the beauty of these is that it lets families keep their photos up to date in an affordable way. And what's really fun with minis, if you find a photographer you love working with, let's say you go back to them every year, once a year, every fall, for instance, I have families who come to me every fall and I've been photographing their kids since they were a baby and now their kid is like 10 years old. So they have, it's even just once a year, these photos are updated in a professional way, but it gives the mom or the you know um, lead parent or is that the right term, lead parent? What's the primary parent? That's what I'm thinking, um, <laughs> sorry, terminology. Um, it just gives them an opportunity to be in front of the camera without the fuss of having to sort of set it all up and, and organize it. So I think it's very doable. It takes a little bit of planning, of course, but I think there's lots of ways to sort of entice getting, you know, mums into the frame more and more. And again, the more you do it, the more second nature it sort of ends up feeling. Yeah, I love the idea of those mini sessions because that seems like something you yeah, you can just keep coming back to when they're offered throughout the year or once a year, like you said. And right now I'm in Canada, so I've started doing some photos with you. But when I was in Australia, I would get photos done by a friend who was a photographer. And it was nice to just keep going back to the same person because I I knew her, I knew her style, and I liked it. We worked well together. So it was easy to just call her up and book it in. So yeah, and establishing that comfort level is really important. If you think about it, you do that with a lot of different vendors that help support you in your everyday life. Chances are most of us have, you know, there's a hairstylist we go to and we go to for years because we can just sit in the chair and be like, the normal, please. We have a regular coffee shop, you know, that we go to and we, we order the usual because they know us. Um, we have an electrician who we call because like that's the person that fixes the wires when things go funky, like in the wiring, we do this with a lot of different services in our life. You can do that with a photographer as well. That being said, though, there, there is fun in shooting with a bunch of different people because then you can kind of, again, going back to how everybody sees things differently, different photographers see things differently. So you might then get different perspectives again and again on your family. It depends what you're looking for. I'm definitely, I'm a big sucker for like sentimental traditions like that. So I love photographing the same family over and over and over again. Um, but that might not be to your taste or your style. So yeah, there's just lots of lots of fun options and it doesn't have to be as intimidating as it perhaps feels. Yeah, yeah, I like having that. I think for me, having the consistency makes me actually get the photos done more often, but I do understand having the excitement of having different photographers and experiencing different views and perspectives but I do love having photos back from the photographer but I do really struggle to book them in even if I like I I know you and I've worked with you and yet to book it in I just don't like I, I wait so many months or years before I get photos done even though I love having the photos do you have any other suggestions other than having those like attending those mini sessions that are scheduled throughout the year, how can we actually show up to having our photos taken? And 
prioritize that? Yeah. And that's an, that's another great question because it's like anything. I just, I really do think you make time. It's, it's such a cliche saying, but I do think there's some, some weight to it. You make time for the things you really care about and that feel good to do. So I think if, if scheduling time for photos, be that with a professional photographer, be that with a friend and their camera, be that with, you know, your family members and the phones, um, it's, I think, first of all, really important to examine why it doesn't happen a lot. And I think that perhaps goes back, not necessarily you specifically, but broadly speaking, I think that perhaps goes back to just not feeling comfortable on camera, not feeling confident and maybe getting swept up again in this belief of it has to be super glamorous. Everything has to be perfect. The outfits have to match. The makeup and hair have to be beautifully done, which it doesn't because Again, I shoot so many families and I have done for coming up on 10 years now. And, you know, the dads never show up necessarily. And I don't mean never, but like the dads just show up kind of like as they are, you know, and it looks beautiful. And they just, you know, throw their kids around and play the helicopter game. And it's beautiful. So not to say don't wear makeup and don't get your hair done if that makes you feel genuinely great. And if you love doing those things, if you hate having your hair done, if you despise wearing makeup, don't feel like you can't have your picture taken just because those two elements aren't in play. You can just show up and it's your photographer's job to, you know, find the lighting and the angles and shoot in a way that makes you feel really beautiful and really not even beautiful, but just really comfortable and really in the moment and present and, and, and fun. Um, now, if you do want to do like a professional shoot and have it be like just a little more polished and you just want some help, preparing so it doesn't feel like such a production there's a lot you can do with that too first and foremost find a photographer who you're super comfortable with kind of what we were just chatting about um review their portfolio read some testimonials i even suggest requesting like a quick phone call like an info call with them just to make sure you guys click and to make sure that um you feel um informed and comfortable about how they work and their approach because having your photo taken it is an intimate experience and you do want to feel comfortable, as comfortable as you can. So I think those things really help. And one more point about picking the photographer, make sure you choose someone who has experience working with children as well, because it is a very specific approach. And you want someone who is very good at talking to children as children, not necessarily barking orders at them, getting stressed out, getting frustrated because they're not getting like the shot or whatever. You want someone who is very open and um, playful and just, again, knows what they're doing in terms of wrangling small ones who perhaps aren't going to, you know, follow direction as well as an adult will. Um, Another thing you can do is if you're choosing what to wear for your photo shoot, Try all the clothes on before your session. Don't just order a bunch of new stuff and then hope it fits because it'll never fit how you want it to fit. It'll be itchy, like something will happen and then you won't feel, all you'll think about is like, oh my gosh, my arms are so itchy in this like new blouse that I got or whatever. Um, So try all your clothes on in advance. Make sure that you can move in them. Make sure you're comfortable in them. Make sure your kids are comfortable in them. I would suggest putting children in clothing that it doesn't matter if it gets a little mucky you know, just, just in case, cause you just, you never know, quite know what's going to happen. So maybe don't put them in the most valuable piece of clothing you own, put them in something that they can play and run around in and feel not restrained by. 
Um, another thing you could do is have a little dress rehearsal with kiddos. So if they've never had their picture taken with a photographer before, you can kind of play photo shoot at home a little bit, not necessarily making them like pose or anything like this, but like just, oh, let them know what to expect. This might happen and this is going to happen and it's going to be this much time. And maybe afterwards we'll go to the park or we'll go get ice cream, give them something to focus on after the fact, just in case they don't love it or, or something like that happens. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think maybe ultimately if you're feeling nervous about it, if that's why the photos don't get scheduled, if that's why they don't happen more and more, just really work on that piece of telling yourself that it's just a moment in time. Like you're just capturing this moment in time. You're gonna want these photos one day when you're 80 and looking back on your life, you're gonna want to remember what it was like to be a young mother or a mother of teenagers or you know, whatever your situation is. And I do find we always, we look back on ourselves with a lot more kindness than we do in the moment. I definitely had this experience. I remember sending my friend, this was like maybe seven years ago-ish. I sent my friend, when jumpsuits were coming in, they were all the fashion and all the rage. I was trying jumpsuits on just in a change room at a store. And I sent my, I remember sending my friend like just texts or um, pictures of like selfie mirror shots and just sending her them being like, oh, I don't know. All I could look at was my thighs. It's all I saw, honestly. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it doesn't suit me. It's not like why I should lose some weight, blah, blah, blah. You know, again, young in my 20s and just sort of like having that negative inner dialogue going over and over in my head and that's all I could fixate on I still have those photos they're just stupid little photos on my phone and now I look back on them seven years eight years whatever it is later and I look back and I'm like what were you worried about look at you so again even if you're not necessarily feeling it in the moment your older wiser more compassionate self will look back and just be like blown away that she has that moment in time to remember. So if you can try and slip into that mindset of like, maybe I'm not doing this for myself right now, but like older, wiser, 80 something year old me will really want this one day. I'll want proof that my life happened. I'll want proof that I had so much fun with my family and they were running around wild. And like you were saying, covered in paint and all that, like you're going to maybe want to remember that stuff. So. I think those could be some places to start. Yeah. Yeah. I love that mindset shift of looking back. And I think about that because I didn't get any pregnancy photos done or newborn photos done with my kids. And I had a friend just take a couple of photos and I, so I've got a few random photos of me being pregnant, but you can't go back. You can't go back to that moment and take those photos. And down the road, you're probably going to wish that you had some of them. Yeah. And it's really hard as well, because especially, you know, with the maternity and the newborn component, when we're talking about photography, that is a very challenging part of life, right? Because photography, your body's not your own or not photography, sorry, pregnancy, your body is not your own. It's changing shape. Everything is new and wild and unexpected. Um, and then with the newborn, you have just brought a human into the world. Like you're tired. Again, everything is new. It's like a bombshell went off in beautiful, but also like, wow, ways, right? Like, like everything is changing. So don't be too hard. I would say recommend don't be too hard on yourself. If like those photos specifically don't necessarily happen in a professional capacity, because it's a lot, 
and you might not want to invite somebody into your home while you're in that sort of sensitive time. Absolutely. But again, there's no reason why your partner or a loved one can't, you know, just take the phone from you, take a few shots. And then what you could do is you could even reach out to some photographers and see if they could edit those photos for you. It's not necessarily going to be like a big, beautiful, high def fine art moment, but like maybe there's something they could do just to like cool the color temperature a bit, sharpen it up a touch, just so it feels a little more like a Polaroid snapshot, which can be so gorgeous in its own way versus, oh, it's just on my phone somewhere and I never look at it. I guess the point I'm trying to make is photography, like it's such a, it's such a medium for like everybody. It's very, it's very accessible. We carry cameras. All of us carry cameras around in our pockets all the time. You know, all you have to do is just turn the camera on to yourself or hand it to somebody and just be like, can you just fire off a few frames? And then that's it. And then you can revisit it later and figure out if you want to do something with it, like frame it or pop it up on a mantelpiece or whatever. Yeah. Like you said, you could earlier in the conversation, you can just put them in the drawer, right? Or you can have them on your phone and not look at them if you don't want to. It's not that you have to frame them or they're going to end up on a billboard or something, right? Exactly. And I think further to that, even just because you take a photo doesn't mean you have to post it either. You know, it doesn't have to go on social. You don't have to share it with everybody in the world. You don't have to take it, keep it on your phone, look at it in a few years, you know, but at least you have it versus looking back and wondering like, oh, what if I'd done this? Or what if I'd done, done that? It, it just, it more often than not, it can't hurt just to take it. Keeping in mind, you're not necessarily turning it into a whole big stressful production with a lot of choreography and all that kind of stuff. Um, but snapshots, I mean, there's such power in snapshots and the snapshots. And if you look back on our childhoods where we're nineties babies, right? there was no digital photography. You got the disposable camera film and the parents took pictures and you kind of hoped they turned out, right? So it's like, we don't necessarily have these huge, big archives. They took a lot of pictures perhaps, but not to the volume that we take pictures today. So you don't need to necessarily have thousands. You just need one or two from a moment that you're like, this is quite nice. Yeah, I might want this one day, you know? Yeah. And before you were mentioning how it's really important to look for a photographer that works with kids. And I think that's really important because my oh. kids are, they're pretty wild. And when the camera comes out, especially if it's somebody else taking the shots, they go a bit more wild. Like they might, they're making faces <laughs> or they're hiding. And it, it's like trying to, I think it's probably more challenging than catching photos of like wild animals sometimes. So how do you manage to take photos of kids because I don't think mine are unique in this <laughs> they're definitely not unique in that um and it's so funny that you say maybe you know taking photos of wild animals is a bit easier because I always say to families who are coming to work with me specifically for the first time I say listen my job is it's kind of like National Geographic my job is to keep up right my job is to we let the little ones set the tone and set the pace and we go from there so Silly faces, I kind of encourage it because I think the more you tell a little one, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, all they want to do is do it. I'm kind of the same way. You tell me not to do something and my immediate reaction is, well, why? <laughs> you know. So lean into whatever the kiddos are, are doing. I really focus when I work with kids, 
in photo sessions, I really, really focus on making it a game. You know, we play peekaboo with the camera. We, you know, jump around. We um, have little running contests. You know, oh, can you run faster than me? You know, they take off, they're winning. And then I can get beautiful shots from behind of like the kiddos running and laughing and looking back to see if I'm catching up. You know, there's all sorts of things you can do beyond sit and smile and see, like, look at the camera. Because the looking at the camera, I think, is what makes it very stressful for kiddos. It's not a natural thing. Um, I think that's probably what makes it stressful for adults too. It's it's not, as soon as you think you're being watched, everything shifts, right? Um, so anything you can do to make it fun, I think is great. Sometimes in my sessions, you know, we see who can like yell the loudest, who can roar like the biggest dinosaur, who can, you know, climb the tree the highest, lean into this stuff, make it like become almost like a playmate where you're just having like lots of fun because then for instance, let's say, let's see who can jump the highest. They jump and jump and jump and I'm taking pictures of the jumping. And if then if I go like, okay, and now freeze and they'll freeze, there's your split second of looking at the camera. And then we go back into like the jumping, jumping, running, twirling, whatever. Um, if kiddos won't stand nicely for a photo, and I say nicely in air quotes, but like if kiddos won't stand for like a formal photo, have the parents scoop them up, you know, scoop them, get them off the ground, throw them up on your shoulders, spin them around and then like freeze at the camera. There's all sorts of stuff you can do that then, again, when I shoot, I try to think of when that child is like an adult, I want them to look back and not be like, ugh, remember that time our parents took us to get photos with that person? I want them to look back on it and say, wow, that was so, I don't really remember much, but it was so fun. We laughed so hard. I remember climbing that tree. I remember jumping in that puddle, you know, whatever we were doing. Because I, I think that helps, at least I hope that helps to break down the stigma of not feeling comfortable having the picture taken in the first place. Yeah, that's helping right from the beginning of their lives, normalizing that getting your photos done can be a really fun experience. And I love all those techniques. Um, I've done yeah, photos I with you just myself, but I'm so excited to get photos done with the kids because, yeah, they're going to love it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of it's going to be a lot of energy and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think another thing to keep in mind as we're making it games for the kids, like get the parents involved in that game. You know, mom and dad are sitting here who can sneak up behind them and like scare them the most. You know, um, the parents, your grownups are sitting over here on the beach who can, you know, um, tickle them the most or, oh, they're going to get you. You know, and again, I think if you go into your photo session not thinking the family photo has to be all the faces looking at the camera every single frame, if you lean into the candids, it's more like then your photography collection becomes someone witnessed the moment versus like manufacturing the moment. So, and I think that is more fun to look back on as a memory too. But well, again, I'm biased for sure, but I think it it's more fun. Yeah, it's more real. I, I kind of don't like those photos where everybody's just standing straight, looking straight at the camera and nothing's happening. Like they're fine, but it's so much better when you're capturing something real that's happening and that there's some emotion in it, not just these fake smiles. And Yeah. And like the big silly faces and stuff, honestly, let them make them because they will hit an age where all of a sudden they don't want to make a silly face ever. And you'll be like, remember when you used to always do this fish face or this stick your tongue out or whatever, they will hit an age where they're like, no, we're not doing that anymore. And then you'll be like, oh, we missed it. Right. So I think, and again, it's up to your photographer to make sure you get the balance. So you get all the silliness, the fun and the big energy, and then it's their job to National Geographic and get those split seconds where the face is on, 
so you can see that you don't necessarily want your entire family history to be like, we never see a face ever because <laughs> you, you need both. You need both. Um, but again, working with somebody who works with kids, I think, and is familiar with that and brings a really nice um, energy. And uh, that might not be your style either. You know, my approach that I just, re- that's how I work. That might not be your family style, in which case that's why you interview the photographer before you book them. Maybe you need someone who's, very, very, you know, calm and is a little more posed. It, it, you know your kids better than everyone. So you'll find the person, just like when you choose a teacher for them or a soccer coach or anything like that, you'll find the right person for your family. Yeah. So before we wrap up, is there anything that you wanted to talk about here that I haven't asked? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think... No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think only to say that, just to reiterate, I guess, that photography, family photography specifically, like it's just, it's such a great accessible medium and it just can help you witness your own life. You know, it's really important to see ourselves. It's really important to see ourselves as individuals, as part of bigger family units. And I think photography really helps us to bear witness to our own story and our own history as it unfolds in the moment. Um, I guess if I wanted, I guess to add, okay, I maybe have one little thing to add. I know we're talking about this conversation is a lot about how to get, you know, mothers to feel more confident and excited to be in the family photo. I think it's worth noting as well that just because you're a parent doesn't mean then all your photos have to be with the family unit. I think there is something for maybe stepping out into a little bit of self-portraiture. Take photos just of you doing your interests, your hobbies, that self-timer trick that I mentioned with the voice command. If you love cooking or something, just take some photos of you around your day-to-day life, just as you are. Maybe you're on the beach or something. Get a great shot of you reading a book on the beach or whatever, um, because the family is really important. Getting you in there with the kids is really important. But I do think, again, when you're that 80-something-year-old woman, you're going to want to look back and revisit the young woman who you were. Your kids, when they're grown up, they're going to want to, wow, look at mom when she was, you know, our age, you know, stuff like that. I think there is some magic in that as well. And kind of like how moms tend to always be the ones taking the pictures of the family. And then it's great. We want them to come into the family picture. Of course, that's such an important step to make. I think there's one step further to take too. I think celebrating yourself as the woman you are, be that as the mother or just as your individual self, I think there's some power in that too. So I would encourage people to maybe start just experimenting there as well. It's something you can do again, just with the phone camera at home. And once you kind of build your muscle up a little bit in terms of like, oh, it's not feeling, it's feeling weird, it's feeling weird. Once you kind of get used to it and get into it, it's super fun. You don't have to show those pictures to anyone. You can just keep them for you. And then, you know, one day the family will find them in the attic or wherever photos will be stored in the future. And that could be kind of a cool discovery. Yeah. Up in the cloud somewhere, whatever cloud it is. The cloud. (laughs) Yeah. We'll have like our own planet just for, you know, digital hard drives, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, that's a beautiful way to end the conversation. Thank you so much, Laura, for being here and to talk to us all about this you've definitely motivated me to change my mindset around photography and 
be a lot more excited about it. So Thank before you. we let you go, can you just let us know where we can find you on social media or your website? What are the best places? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, just thank you for having me. This has been such a treat. And honestly, it's it's a topic I just, I feel very, very passionately about. So I'm so happy we could just, you know, ramble on about it for a little bit. And I hope, I hope it was useful, but thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, you can find me at gooseberrystudios.com. That is my website. On Instagram, I am at Gooseberry Studios. That's kind of the only social media I do at the moment. And um, I run a monthly newsletter called the Gooseberry Review, which is hosted over on Substack. So that's the gooseberryreview.substack.com. And um, that's really where I feel most comfortable online these days showing up. It's just more long form reads and I get into, you know, all sorts of bits and pieces about creative career and creative living and um, just helping people, again, unlock their creative everyday way of life a little more each day. Well, that's a topic that I'd like to explore more with you. So maybe in a future podcast, we can talk about creative living. Oh, I would love to. That sounds great. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wild and Well podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and please share with like-minded mothers. A review wherever you listen to your podcast is greatly appreciated as it helps to get the show out to even more mothers and families. Together we can nurture thriving kids, vibrant moms, and a brighter future for the next generation. Disclaimer, the information in this podcast is intended as educational in nature and is for informational purposes only. It is not personal health advice or indicative of a therapeutic relationship, and it should not be used to prevent, diagnose, or treat health problems. If any of the information in this podcast resonates with you, consult a qualified healthcare practitioner to discuss what works best for you in your unique situation.